color, but it sticks out to you. God's like, he wants us to be that freshly fallen snow. He wants us to be that different element that makes things so different, whether it's the temperature around us, whether it's our visualness. God wants us to work on ourselves. So before we start trying to fix other people, God wants to remind us, we have a lot of work to do ourselves. And through working ourselves and surrendering and becoming so vulnerable with God, for Him to clean us out as vessels, we can only then start helping other people pour into other people. We cannot expect people to fix themselves if we're not fixing ourselves through God and for our lives to be that very example for them to see. And sometimes if your vessel is clean enough, you actually become that very conviction that's working and is dirty in that very person. So God just wanted us to remind us to be that freshly fallen snow for Him, for His kingdom. All right, we've got Ron up today. Yay. Good morning, everyone. I actually just also <laughs> want to pray for us quickly before we get going. Jesus, it is my desire this morning that we get to experience something of you. We don't just want to understand the Bible better, have it a new set of facts that we can throw out in conversations with each other or with the world. We, we want to know you. We want to walk with you, Jesus. And I pray as we consider things this morning that you reveal yourself to us, Lord, and that you would stir up our hearts like never before to, to be with you, to seek you, to find you, Lord. Because we know, oh God, we know that if we seek you, we will find you, God. Come reveal yourself to us this morning. Amen. Well, there's actually quite a few people that I have not seen before. Uh, so my name is Ruan. If you have been at church for the last four weeks, I have not, <laughs> due to various unforeseen circumstances. Um, but it's lovely to see everyone. And for those who don't know, I'm a 26-year-old single Christian guy, which in our circles is dangerous. So I'll tell you, Kala's asking what this is all about. So... If you have been in Christian circles for any amount of time, this age, being single, is dangerous. And it exposes you to so many common scenarios. And I, I know that I know that the singles are going to agree with me on this. So typical scenario number one, the classic question, is there still <laughs> not someone <laughs> in your life? <laughs> no, that's, you get used to that question initially. It, it stings a little bit, but you, you get over it. Scenario number two is a bit more difficult to navigate because every second well-meaning Tani wants to introduce you to that boy like a mice but leave his face. And I, I understand, I understand. We, we are getting older. It's not that we're getting any younger. And the, the whole thing of getting to know someone, like... It, it takes time. So from where I am now to the point of marriage that everyone expects me to be at takes some time. You have to go through actually meeting the person, getting to know the person, then that super awkward, awful, I like you, do you like me stage, dating, and then only the point of marriage. So understand, it's, it's, typically, <laughs> it's typically years with some people that this thing this thing uh, takes place, but not for this guy. So while 
some of you have been navigating this whole relationship thing. I've been using my industrial engineer skills um, to try and streamline and optimize this process of getting to know someone and moving to the point of marriage. So what took my brother and his wife four years? I'm realistically thinking two months. Pessimistically, three or four months. So let me, let me share with you my, my four-step strategy to this. And singles, do take notes. This is going to be good. So step number one, I'm going to get her to do the Enneagram. Because we all know the Enneagram puts you in boxes that you didn't even know you fit into yourself. Number two, I've spent a lot of time to compile a questionnaire. So I'm going to get her to, to spend time on my questionnaire. And I mean, it, the questions differ. So from like, what is your favorite food? What will you name our second child? Are you a Calvinist? To, to like more, more deeper, deeper type of questions, you know, because we, we don't just want to do this on a surface level. So um, things like explain some of your very significant childhood experiences. Um, tell me about your, your hopes and dreams. What do you think your weaknesses are? <laughs> Give it... <laughs> And then, obviously, like, give her a set of scenarios that I've picked up from people that are in relationships and ask her, how would you handle things in this scenario? And just to make sure that I've covered my bases, I've got a questionnaire for her friends and her family as well. <laughs> so I know that I know that I'll, I'll get all of the angles. So this, surely, like, a week or so, she'll be able to fill this in. Her family will be able to fill this in. And then I studied... For six years, I know how to study. So I'm going to spend two, three weeks or so just revising these notes, making sure that I get to know the person, and boom, sorted. <laughs> Obviously, there's something in us that cringes at something like this because we understand that it's not possible to really get to know someone by just looking at a set of facts about that person. Like there needs to be something about the relationship, the reality of the relationship for us to genuinely say that we know the other person. And this is true with our relationship with God as well. Um, the written word, the, what we have in the Bible, takes on a completely different meaning for us as soon as it becomes the living word, when we meet Jesus, when we start walking and living with Jesus. We read in the word, our, our God is gracious. But the whole concept of grace becomes so much different when we see the sin in our own lives, when we realize that we are fallen, broken people, and God comes and he extends his hand towards us. We read in the word about God's desire to bring freedom. Freedom takes a completely different meaning. When the things that we've been struggling with for years, all of a sudden, boom, we're set free from. We read how God is our comforter. It takes a completely different meaning. When we are in this situation where we are broken, sad, and experiencing pain, and Jesus comes and he meets us as our comforter. 
It's like, you understand what I'm saying? I can go, I can go on with all these examples. So while I was at university, I had quite a few conversations with people who, who would take the stance that there might be a God out there that exists, but that it is arrogant for us to think that we can know him. And if you think about this intellectually, like what they're saying sort of does make sense. So the uh, uh, <laughs> oversimplified argument of theirs would go that you have an infinite infinite God that stands outside our, our reality. We are finite creatures with a limited understanding. I barely know anything about what my Rick studies. How can I understand the God of the universe? So that's sort of the, the argument that, that people would follow. You see, what's, what's flawed about this is it makes the assumption that it's man sitting, trying to figure out this God out there. Whereas the story of Jesus, the story of the Bible is this infinite, outside of time, all-powerful God comes, breaks into our reality, uses the things around us, uses the people around us, uses the things that we can understand and reveals himself to us within that frame of reference. And I was just thinking yesterday, it's like that which the philosopher will never understand, the child may know. It's like that's the sort of God that we serve. Just last night, I was reading Jeremiah 31, verse 33 and 34. And it's in a longer portion where the Lord speaks to Israel and he contrasts the old covenant with this covenant that he will make with his people. It says that this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So, cool picture for me. It's like God will take the reality his reality and, and his precepts, his law, everything about who he is. And he will put it in our minds. He will write it in our hearts. And the end of the reason for doing this is that we will be his people, that we will know him. And I think especially for me this year, this I've seen this to be an active working, an active putting this thing within our minds, an active writing this thing upon our hearts and him revealing himself to us. And just seeing how he uses circumstances to do these things, how he uses the people around us. But he's, he's not content with just <laughs> hearing the words, coming in, giving a set of facts. His desire is that that word will be put within our minds, written within our hearts, and actually transform who we are. So <laughs> this morning, I actually I want to share two things that, that happened with me this year um, that has really actually, I think, shaped uh, just where I'm at with the Lord at the moment. So, and they sort of interdependent as well. Um, so firstly, a few months ago, there was a 
something had happened that was not very nice. Um, and it was quite something that was quite big for me. Uh, but as soon as it happened, I mean, I've been a Christian for a while. I understand God's ways are better. He's bigger. He's, he'll always come through. He uses all things and, and turns them around for us. And, and so after this thing happened, I quickly just convinced myself that, and I, I started going on. And I had a chat with, with Kala and Naka, and I shared with them just some stuff that's been going and how I'm processing it and stuff. And um, Kala said to me, it's like, ah, you're handling this too correctly. <laughs> He's like, where's, where's the emotion around this? Like, just that, that rawness, that David-like attitude of, like, God, I, I, I don't understand. And so Carl uh, and I went away for a weekend to Prince Albert. And the one morning I, I just went for a walk and I, I started speaking to the Lord. And it was difficult for me to actually start vocalizing this. And I realized I've never actually told the Lord, like, this isn't nice for me. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I've always taken the approach of he's bigger, he's better. Let me just submit and, and go with this. And so <laughs> it, it, the moment where we started speaking, it, it felt as if, um, I don't know, if you've been friends with someone for quite some time, and then there's these small little issues that you suddenly have to speak about, and you've never actually spoken about these things before. So you, you know theoretically that the relationship can handle this, but you're still like, uh, how am I going to position this? How am I going to share? And I, I can't explain why it was so difficult for me, but... Eventually, I was just like, "Yo, God, this, this really wasn't nice. Um, just wha- what I experienced, and I don't, I don't know how to make sense of this. Like, I don't know. I really don't know what to do with this. And it was so difficult for me to get that out. Once I got it out, I was so nervous. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll get back to this later. I, I'm, I don't know what God is actually going to say with, with regards to this. And then later the day, we went on a walk again, and. Uh, I was just walking with God and I realized that all of these things I've been, like truths that I know about him, I've been applying to my life almost independently of him. And whereas I might have given the correct thing, I was missing out on truth because truth is found in the person of Jesus. And and just as I was walking, I was thinking a a picture for me of, of how this last while has actually been is... I say I, I want to be where God is and stuff. And, and constantly I'm looking behind me. And I'm, if I look behind me, I'm like, yo, God was involved in this. He came through. He did something. And then like, what do I take the next step? And then I look behind me. I'm like, well, he was just here. Yeah, I can't believe the way that he moved. But just that weekend, something in me shifted. Where I was like, yo, God, I don't want to live my relationship with you in retrospect. I don't want to see your hand just by looking backwards. My heart's desire is is like, Jesus, here beside me. Jesus walking with me. And what was huge for me just to to think about was, I I mean, I didn't get any answers for for the things that I I vocalized or or anything of that. But I found the person of Jesus. And it was crazy, just that all of a sudden, that awareness of like, where is God? Like, what is God busy with? I want to be where he is. I want to see what he sees. I want to experience him. 
Even the most mundane things coming back. All of a sudden, the heart's excited. And I'm seeing him. I'm looking for him. I'm driving in from work, looking at the mountain. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? How crazy is this? More often, I'm thinking of my own salvation. I'm like, God, where would I have been if it wasn't for your mercies? Like, what, what I get to experience here, the relationships I have with the people around me, everything, like, everything is grace. And just this, like, constantly, it's like, it's not enough to just go on and be fast-paced and be what I would have considered effective in the kingdom. It's like, no, I'm not going to let this get me down because... Uh, I know what is true, so I can just move on. It's like, we need to find Jesus. And and so it was like, on the one side, it was this thing of, like, come on, <laughs> show me, show me God, show me where you are, show me what you're busy with in other people's lives. And then things started happening where I started finding him and he started revealing what I was saying earlier, these characteristics of himself that I thought I knew all of a sudden just became more and more of a reality. And he used different circumstances and used different people to start working these things in me. Maybe just one, one such story. Um, so I had COVID middle of June and I was sleeping 12, <laughs> 12 to 14 hours a day, waking up, sitting outside on our, on our stupidest looking Bible next to me. I would read a little bit and then just <laughs> sit <laughs> I would go make food and I would be so tired I would have to get back into bed again <laughs> and I would sleep. And, um, but the one evening, David and I, um, luckily my one housemate also had COVID so I didn't have to be all by myself. So David and I were sitting together and we were praying a bit and um, that day I read an article about this uh, Islamic State attack in one of the African countries where they came into a village and wiped out over 300 people. And it just, like, it, it upset me, but I wasn't really moved by it. I don't know, I think you understand what I'm saying with that. It's like, you know that this is bad, but it doesn't actually really do something to your heart. And I was like, oh, this isn't right. So we, we start praying just for this thing and like, oh, God, that you would touch our hearts for this and pray for the people and for Africa and... <laughs> While we're praying, my jaw becomes so sore. So I've had jaw problems for years now, and it just flares up at certain times during COVID. In insanely sore, just in within my joints, the pain that I had. And so while we're praying, there's so much pain that I actually had to stop in the middle of my sentence that I can't pray anymore. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this sucks. And then the sore comes up, I'm like, We've got relationship with God. Like, surely I can just ask him to heal me. And as soon as I start thinking this thing, I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. And then two things come to mind. I'm like, we're praying for big things at the moment. Like, we're praying for Africa. We're praying for people to be saved. We're praying that these terrorists will turn to God. Um, like, I, ca I can't ask him to, to do something as small as this. And then the other side was, was just that, why would he actually want to do this? And when I realized that that is my reasoning behind it, I was like, yo, this, this isn't right. Like, how, how did I get to this point? And, and so I'm like, Jesus, my jaw is really sore. Please come and touch me. 
And in that moment, it was it was just like the presence of God came into the room. I I started crying. My joy was all the pain was gone. But I I started crying, and I was like, I've got such a warped picture of my father. I've got such a warped picture to think that my father would just be caring about what I think is big things happening around the world, and not be interested in my form of suffering in that moment, that he's not concerned with me. And, and I mean, just the implications with these things is if we, if we don't believe this for ourselves, it's going to influence the way that we think about it for other people as well. It's like, I'm not going to carry that picture of who God is to other people in a representative manner. And just those, those next few days, the, the concept of God as a father that cares about me was, was huge to me. And the, like the most random, small situations while I was sitting on the stoop would all of a sudden just be like, whoa, I can see God's hand in this. I can see him revealing himself. I can see him revealing this characteristic of who he is to me. And I think like that's the desire of the Lord for all of us to reveal himself to us, that he would take who he is and not only give it to us in the form of a book, but that he would put it in our minds, that he would write it within our hearts, that we will be his people and that we will know him. So if if you've been part of us for even just a few weeks, you'll realize that we value the leading of God. We value his voice. We want to respond to these things. And this this last while there's been new thing of like the, the fear of God and, and us being ready. If if Jesus had to come, would we as a people be ready? And I was just thinking that the angle I want to take is that all of these things will just remain words on a Sunday unless we give ourselves to Jesus. Unless we give ourselves to his working the word into our lives. Writing it on our hearts. And I want to like, ask us a, a serious question. It's just like, what is the reality of Jesus in your life? And I, I mean, uh, we understand that there's different seasons that we go through and at certain times we have these intense experiences where it's, it's happening often and other times not. But, but still, if there needs to be some sort of reality of the working of God within our own lives. Like, when was the last time that you had that sort of experience where, where something that you thought you knew, he just <laughs> pierced you again for that thing? What is that reality in your life? Like I was saying, I, when this thing clicks in for us, it's really as if the everyday circumstances just get a completely new perspective. 
when you're just hearing, uh, for those of you who are around, like Narco's laptop being stolen, and God using that situation to communicate something so important to her. My example of, <laughs> of my jaw, and just the frustration around that, and God using that sort of thing to come and reveal himself to me. And I mean, these things become endless depending on, on where we are. Just e the simplest thing of, of someone buying you a coffee. You can see God's hand, his provision. Like wh whatever expression this takes. Just like that, that sort of thing of, of considering what is God busy with. There's this, there's this piece Isaiah in Isaiah 41 verse 20. That was so beautiful for me. Um, where... Well, Isaiah prophesying and, and speaking on God's behalf points out four things. So he, just the, the context is God's saying that he will do certain things for the people of Israel. And then verse 20 it says, So that people may see and know, and they may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. And I think for me this morning that, it's like the, the two sides almost of it is I want to I wanna call us like let's w wake up. If you know that this is not a reality for you, it's like let the cry be, God, come and wake me up again to you and to the reality of you in my life. And then with that, it's the as God is working, are we seeing and knowing are we considering the things that are happening in our lives that can bring us to the point of understanding that this is God? This is what God is busy with, whether it's for me, whether it's for us as a people, whether it's in conversation, sitting with someone and just speaking. Like that is the desire of God. That we will be His people, that we would walk with Him, that we would be sensitive to His leading. And just <laughs> for me this morning, and so in preparing, I realize I've got such a, in, in preaching, I, I, want, I want to always make sure like, I'm grounding this thing properly in the word and, and expounding something. But just what I, what I felt this morning was almost like, I want to <laughs> open up and, and share just what's been happening in here. And really trust that, that even just the <laughs> bit of stories that I've shared that you can feel, <laughs> that you can feel what's going on, yeah. And that it would just, in us again, start stirring that hunger of Jesus. Like, Jesus. Like, I want to know you, Jesus. I want to walk with you, Jesus. And I, I do want us just to, to respond to this. So if everyone can please just, just stand up. Um, I, I made the statement the beginning that there's quite a few people that I don't know and I've got no idea where all of you are in your relationship with God and, and I think there might even be people here that the things that I'm speaking about is a completely foreign concept for you like if you have to be honest with yourself the the knowledge about God is that written you see it in the word he is gracious you see it you've heard it you grew up in Christian circles that he brings freedom. But you haven't experienced that living word, that Jesus coming in and actually coming into relationship with you.
And I just want all of us to close our eyes. And if that is you, like the invitation stands this morning for you to come into a relationship with the living God. As I said, the Christian message is that God came and found us. God came and broke into our reality. He became a man. He lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died in our place. And he rose from the dead and now he extends the opportunity to us to live in relationship with him. So if that is you this morning and you realize that you don't have that and you want that, I want to ask you to just give me, like put up your hand, give me a little wave just so I know no one else is going to be looking around I just want to know I can pray with you. Thank you. So I'll, I'll pray with you at the end. I just want to also, the other two groups that I, I do want us to respond to is, it's just, if you know <laughs> that you've actually been asleep, that now you would bring your heart before God, and that you would ask him to wake you up to him. To wake you up to the reality of Jesus. <laughs> There's no time for slumbering. There's no time for sleeping. So if you put up your hand um, as part of the first group... I I just want to pray with you. Jesus, I want to thank you that you came and you gave your life for us. I thank you that you gave your life for each person that, that put up their hand now, God. And I want to ask, even in this moment, as they're expressing this desire to know you, that you would come and that you would meet them. Jesus, that you would open up their eyes to the reality of you. That Jesus will not be a historical figure that they read about in the Bible, but that it will be the, the person, their personal Savior. That you would come even now, Lord, and touch. Come upon them, Holy Spirit. Lord, and then for the rest of us, I, I want to come and ask for an awakening. Oh God, awaken our hearts to the reality of you. Lord, every area of our lives where we've been asleep, <laughs> where we're sleepwalking, where we're going through the motions, where it might look fine on the outset, but we're in the heart that there's no reality to you, where we don't actually see you in our day-to-day, -day, where it's just a Sunday thing, where it's just words on a page, Where we just see your hand, but actually miss you as a person. God, come and awaken us again to the reality of Jesus. In our everyday lives, that we will see you. That our hearts will be stirred once again, Lord. Come and awaken that, that groan inside of us, Lord. Where nothing else satisfies. Where we can't just move independently anymore. But that we are consumed. Oh, Lord, a people consumed. By wanting to see Jesus. By wanting to know Jesus. Oh God, we, we see in Colossians how it says that, that you died so that in all things you might be preeminent. God, in our lives, come and be preeminent. Come and take up your rightful place. 
Lord, and as we've been speaking about holiness and you cleansing us, I ask, God, anything that's blocking us in terms of these areas, that you would just come and clean, that you would come and remove, God, that we will be a people whose eyes are set, set in love, set in passion, fixed, not thrown by any circumstances, not thrown by our own desires and our own pleasures and our own pursuits, but set on you, Lord. And that with that, Jesus, that you would come and reveal so much of yourself to us. Lord, that you would come and, and write these things in our minds, in our hearts, that we may know what it means to know you. Lord, that your characteristics all of who you are won't be just words on a page. God, but, but day by day by day, that we're growing in our understanding, that we're seeing you, that we're standing in awe of your working, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, make us sensitive to you. May we see your working in, in the different area of our lives and the places that we move. God, and may we be a people so devoted to you, Lord, that whatever you speak on the times that we, we are together, that we will give ourselves to you working these things within us. We love you, Lord. We really do. And we, we want to say thank you that we can turn to you. Thank you that we can get to have this relationship with you. Thank you that you desire these things for us, Lord. Thank you that you are gracious and compassionate. God, that even where we, met, where we miss the mark, just again, Lord, graciously you come and you give us another opportunity. We repent and we turn to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, just now, as Ruben was speaking, I, I studied with him, and I remember every single time um, in class or whatever, whenever he would speak about the Lord and things like this, I used to think to myself, yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds good, but like, it seems like it's for people like him who've progressed so far in their faith, or who've, or for like color, whenever I chatted to him or whatever. But then I'll sit it here, and the thought struck me that, the very things he's speaking about right now are actually available for all of us. There isn't, in God's eyes, there isn't a thing about progression and certain levels and certain steps and certain people and hierarchies that we can experience him in our day-to-day -day life. And that's just the word that I felt for anyone out here who hears this and thinks to themselves, Flip, maybe it's for the elders or the com leaders, or the other guys out there who seem more mature in faith. But just to tell you that it is a finished work in Christ. The veil was torn once and for all, and in the eyes of God, it's open. The curtain is open, and we can all go in. We can all experience Him, and we can all live with Him. We can have an experience of the presence of God in our everyday life, and He's not holding back. So if there is anything that is holding you back, I just want to let you know it's not God. All right. Now I'm, I'm s s sorry, just 
this this we're gonna pray for healing now no but i just while we were sitting here i i'm not uh stupid i know that was not ron's point but when he spoke about it i actually felt that i i want to speak about that i want to speak to the singles <laughs> so everybody everybody that um that's not married and uh now, if I say desire to get married, I know ma many of you are going to go like, no, nah, I, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but if we can please get past that layer, <laughs> all right, then you can just be humble enough to acknowledge it. So if you are not married and not called to be celibate, <laughs> right, I, I want to quickly speak to you. So while I was sitting there, I felt... I felt to say to you guys, as fathers and mothers in this house, um, that we know it's not easy. We know that it's difficult. And uh, I just almost want to say from fathers and mothers in this house, if it seems like there hasn't been always mercy and grace extended, I want to say we're sorry. All right? We do understand that it's difficult. And when I was there, it was freaking difficult. <laughs> I know it's difficult, uh, I, I, and, and, and we don't want to make it out as, as easy. We don't want you to feel like over-hormonal kids here, all right? That's not how we see you guys, and we want to extend that type of understanding where you are at, all right? And, uh, um, you know, even as, um, as, as Ron finally downloaded to God. Did, did you hear did you hear our Ron swears? That is not nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but there is space in this house if you are single to voice your difficulty with the circumstances and situations that you are at. Please Please hear me. And I, I just, I want to pray. I want to pray for you guys. I'm not going to make you come to the front. Bury <laughs> 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 you up or anything like that. <laughs> but I feel to pray for you guys. You know, I, I, I feel that in this season, it's been more pressing than ever. And I, I really just want to pray for grace, you know. And I don't know if this is going to help, I, but... For me, I know some people say it's never, but when I got married, it was much easier. It was a journey in my life that was hard. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's got other challenges, <laughs> definitely. But it's much nicer in that regard. So Jesus, I want to pray for every person that is in that journey of finding... Oh, you know that journey, Lord, the one that the Ron has <laughs> explained to us. And Lord, we, we, uh, uh, we want to stand with our brothers and sisters in this time that is difficult, Father. Uh, Lord, there's so many things that's pushing, Father. There is, there is almost the fleshly desires that's pushing on the one side. There's religion pushing on the other side, Lord Jesus. And it's so difficult to navigate the season, Father. I thank you that you are able to sympathize, Jesus. I, I thank you that you're able to stand and show grace and mercy. I pray that everyone that is here, Lord that you will keep them,
Not one of them will stumble. Not one of them will fall. Not one of them will be distracted or be pulled aside, Father. But, Father, that none of them will walk in condemnation and guilt and all those type of things, Father. I pray for freedom to go through this season and this time well, Jesus. <laughs> and, Lord, we are trusting for lots of marriages. <laughs> <laughs> Any amens? I mean, I. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So, so Denton, Denton, uh, so, so, so I've seen Denton a couple of times, uh, really operating in the gift of healing. You've just come to me and feel it feels like there's some people that. Um, as some disease that he wants to call out and pray for some guys. So he's going to do that. And then we're going to call the release the meeting. You guys, those that don't want to be prayed for healing can, can go and, and so on. But then those that, that feels to or want to be prayed for healing can then just stay behind the tent and can pray for them. So yeah, so at the, in the worship, I felt um, people with uh, chest pain. So either shortness of breath, like asthma or something. And then maybe arthritis. And then just before I felt uh, small things, uh, the guy came up with it and he talked about a migraine. So even something like a headache as well, please. That's what I felt. I felt like, and then it was confirmed when Ruin was talking. I was like, nothing is too small for our God. Healing is healing. And I just feel like the, the word that came to me is freedom. Um, something that should, shouldn't stop you from giving him your all, like taking your, your concentration away like a headache from worshipping the King of Kings. So uh, if that's you, I'd, I'd love to pray for you. All right, so are there, are there anybody that... Uh, well, okay, there's a, there's a couple of hands. Are there? If, if you are, please come to the front. We're going to... You're at the, at the keyboard around here. Denton, if you can be here. For the rest of you, thank you very much. Trust that you have an awesome time. There's going to be for the visitors, please hand in uh, free coffee, cappuccino.